Hello, welcome to You Don't Know Mojack. My name's Ryan. My name's Brent. In this episode, we're discussing SST 98, the Painted Willie album, Upside Downtown. We uh, we haven't heard from Painted Willie for a while. This one's very cool because I don't know about you, Brand, but they really have advanced their sound since we heard them last. I oh, would say. Oh yeah, for sure. And and what struck me about this record, it's not like SST has a sound because they have a a very diverse, you know, lineup over the years. But you could make an argument that Painted Willie has a very SST sound on this record, I think. They do, but Painted Willie themselves have a sound as well. The Painted yeah. Willie sound. Now they do for sure, anyways. Yeah. Some of these I've... songs, I was like, they definitely have Painted Willie riffs and a certain little signature things that are that make them have their sing- have a signature sound. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was kind of cool to get into for me. I must admit I've not really dove deep into this record before, so it was good. Yeah. I mean, well, we'll get to it, but I I think it's better than Mind Bowling. I I totally agree. Why don't you hit me with some spiels before we get into Willie? Okay, I've got a recommend and some corrections this week. Oh, this is not a recommend for you though, Ryan. This is a recommend for our listeners cuz I <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Well, it could be. I, I'm gonna, you I'm might gonna, I'm going to choose not to read into that. <laughs> you might surprise me. We'll see. So okay. way back on episode 75, we did the Alternatives album Hold Your Tongue. And we had a wonderful interview with Chris Bobst that everyone should go back and listen to. And Chris did some time in Guar. And we talked, if I'm remembering right, we talked a little bit with, with Chris about his time in Guar. And we, you and I also talked about Guar, uh, you know, in what, like in history lesson part one or whatever. And way back then I bought this book called Let There Be Guar. It's this big, thick coffee table book with a zillion photos of Gore compiled by a member of the band, Bob Gorman and another guy, uh, Roger Gastman. Well, actually Bob, I don't think was in the band. He's like a member of the art, the Gore art collective, the slave, uh, slave pit. If anybody even has a passing interest in Gore, much less our, uh, you know, Gore, what Gore, uh, the band called Bohabs, that's their name for their for their fans. This book is essential. It it's a a great history of the band, and uh, I have like a real appreciation for Gore after reading this, and uh, everything they've achieved is like, you know, you think of the scale of what Gore has done as far as their production goes. It's pretty impressive, but when you read this book and and read everything that went into that and how much they struggled to keep that, keep it on the road for as many years as they have. It's, it's really impressive. And if there's ever been a band that needs a documentary, it's Gwar Cause there's so much good material. It's so visual. They have an insane history. And I mean, this is for fans. This was a really expensive coffee table book. There needs to be a documentary that will be seen by way more people than, than would read this book so they can, people can get a full appreciation of, of what Gore has achieved in my opinion. And, but you are a, like a, a real honest to goodness 
Gwar fan, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I remember during that episode, you were recommending that I should check out their first record at mm. least. Well, their first one's called Hello. Yeah. I think that's it, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, their second one, Scumdogs in the Universe is the big one. That's most people's like the album that they really got into. Oh yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's metal and jokey cartoony metal at times, which is not your thing. So, but you know, I have a, a you know, a, a big love of shock rock. I grew up with a lot of that kind of stuff. So, you know, Gore's right up my alley. I agree with you though, on, on the documentary side of things. Like if, if Gigi Allen's brother and mom can have that one documentary. Yeah. You know, I, I think that Gore definitely deserves one for sure. Oh, I bet there's one in the works. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's my recommend. Uh, now my corrections. So we did Sonic Youth the last two weeks, Ryan. And I edited both of those podcasts and I felt like there's a few things that we would normally talk about that we didn't. Uh oh. So I wanted to get a few things on the record and that's around the Sonic Youth drummers. So Richard Edson, um, one of the Sonic Youth drummers that we talked about, played on Confusion is Sex. He's had quite the acting career. He first got put in a, a movie by Jim Jarmusch, who saw him play in Conk and put him in, in his movie Stranger Than Fiction. Uh, he's been in Platoon, Good Morning Vietnam, Dirty Dancing, Do the Right Thing. Um, and, most famously, <laughs> he's in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He's the parking garage attendant that takes the keys for Cameron's dad's car. Oh, yeah, right. And goes... Hey, you fellas have nothing to worry about. I'm a professional. <laughs> That's Richard Edson, aka the Sultan of Slimy. So I wanted to I wanted to talk about that. And then Bob Burt. We mentioned this briefly, you and I were like, who else did he play in? Well, here's who else he played in. Uh the Action Swingers, Pussy Galore, who we mentioned, Chrome Cranks, we mentioned. Uh, a band he was in that I completely forgot he was in, Ryan, even though I have both their records, and I think you might too. The Knoxville Girls. Oh, yeah, I remember them. I don't have their records, actually. Yeah, well, they're both really good. They're both, I think, on In the Red Records, if I'm remembering right. Uh, Jerry Teal of Boss Hog is on vocals. Kid Congo Powers is in the band, of course, of The Gun Club and The Cramps, etc. Uh, Jack Martin from this band Little Pork Chop, and Barry London of a band called Stab City is in the band. Mm -hmm. And uh, they've got two albums on In the Red that are both worth checking out. Uh, he was also in a band called Bewitched, which I think is kind of like his band. I don't really know much about them. Uh, he's plays uh, in Lydia Lunch's Retrovirus, and he currently has a band called The Wolf Manhattan Project, uh, which is an awesome name, again with Kid Congo and Mick Collins of The Dirt Bombs and the Gories. And then the other drummer, Jim Sclavunas, he toured with Alex Chilton. He played with Tav Falco's Panther Burns. Uh, he played in a cool band that I'd never heard before, but I, I checked him out a little bit called Trigger and the Thrill Kings. Uh, and that's with Trust de Groot, who I believe it says in some of the Sonic Youth books that his relationship with her was one of the reasons he left um, Sonic Youth, because she had a, had, had a falling out with, with Lee Ronaldo. Uh, he played with the Cramps for a while. 
He's done production work on hundreds of albums, uh, including stuff by Gogol Bordello, uh, The Horrors, Boss Hogg, and in 1994, he joined Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds and has played with them ever since and also on the Grinderman albums. And he's also done some solo albums and has a new project uh, with Nicole Atkins. There you go. Some corrections. So wait a second. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to correct your corrections. Hmm. Those, aren't re- those aren't really corrections. Those are more <laughs> like supplemental comments. Okay, well, we can call them that. Or addenda. I don't What's the first thing you said? Supplemental comments? Supplemental. Let's go with that. Not addenda? No. Okay. Too geeky? Too geeky. Okay. New, Whatever. New podcast category. Supplementals. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Very Star Trek log. <laughs> Log-esque, you know. Brant's log. Supplemental. There you go. Number one. Give me some spiels. <laughs> Is this, does that mean it's my turn? <laughs> yes. All right. I've got to recommend on the book front myself, too. And then I've got a question for you. Okay. So I can't remember whether we ever mentioned this, but I, a long time ago, I got this book by Dave Dichter from MDC. Mm-hmm. I know called the book, yep. Memoir from a Damaged Civilization, Stories of a Punk, Fear, and Redemption. And it's put out by Manic D Press, which is like an indie publisher from San Francisco that puts out a number of art books, even some children's books, but put out this book by Dave Dichter. I bought it a while ago. I'm not the biggest MDC fan, honestly, but I thought it would be an interesting read. And it was, and there is a, a companion book that just came out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw this one, Brant, but did, it, yeah. it's by uh, Alan Schultz, the drummer for MDC, uh, otherwise known as Al Schwitz. And it's called Double Life in Double Time. And I I just cracked this book earlier this week, and I can tell it's going to be a really interesting read. He 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 wrote some or all of it while he was in prison in huh. in, in San Quentin. Uh, in fact, it's called Stories of Punk Prison and Perseverance, as written in San Quentin State Prison. So it's a it's a cool indie book by you know uh, a drummer from a pretty famous punk band mdc you know i've already started reading it i think it's worth checking out both of these books kind of remind me of that gary floyd book please be nice my life up till now right which is also a really cool read i'm way more of a, a gary floyd fan than i am an mdc fan and that gary floyd book is is uh very very short yeah. These ones are these ones are quick reads too, kind of and, the same as that Circle Jerks book on Roger Rogerson. Yeah, same yeah. kind of vibe. Yeah, same kind of vibe for sure. So yeah, I mean, it'll be a quick read, but it'll be a worthwhile read. And I mean, they're they're cheap books too. Not like a, I can only assume uh, was like a two hundred dollar Gwar coffee table book. <laughs> Not quite, but <laughs> it's worth Wait. every penny. All right, here's my question for you. We have got a record fair coming up that we're both going to be at. And usually what we do is after on the podcast is after we're at that record fair, we talk about some of the cool stuff we picked up. But I had a question for you. What would be like the Holy Grail record that you would want to find at this weekend's upcoming record fair? Mm. 
what is my holy grail record? Yeah, like the one that I'm, you know, I'm never going to find that record or never going to be able to afford it. What's that one that you like you would hope to find this weekend? Well, I have a list on my phone I could have a look at, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking about one. Hmm. It's a grail, man, not a million grails. Let's see. What am I looking for? Well, I'm always looking for Chesterfield Kings singles that I need. I was looking for those holy grail albums or singles now that you mention it jeez man i don't know maybe something on sst that i don't have oh what's a hard to find one that you're looking for i don't know you probably want uh, a copy of that subhumans record i bet that would be great to have for sure maybe one of the wipers albums that i don't have like the circle or follow blind i have them both on cd but they're the only ones i don't have on vinyl follow blind got reissued but it was like 50 bucks for the reissue so i just passed but those would be cool to find on vinyl you well i'm asking you too because i'm gonna be looking out for you there buddy oh okay the I'll, I'll give you a more comprehensive list here <laughs> <laughs> i didn't ask for a shopping list man hey you scored me the, you scored me one of the ones i was looking for already and that's that uh texas biscuit bombs it's sitting at your house for me right now yeah, I'm always looking out for you, bud. My you uh, my uh, holy grail would be an original copy of the Replacements Stink, where it's like the hand stamped album cover. Mm. That would that would pretty much do it for me. I have a copy. I'll... Original? Yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> Are you pulling my chain? I don't know. How do I know? If it's original, they reissued it. Like they have kind of like a a reproduction in the last few years. I'm talking original twin tone, buddy. Yeah, this is original t- twin tone. Oh my god, you don't have one. I'll go check. Hold on. <laughs> okay, open up your discogs. This is 1982 twin tone. Hold on, just stop right there. Is the album cover glossy? Yes. That's not it. I'm talking about actual hand stamped. It's on gray vinyl. Yep, I've got that one. I'm talking about ones that like the band hand stamped hmm. from back then. Okay. You had me well, a bit Twitter pated there. Well, you that. said twin tone. I knew this one. This yeah. one was on. T- yeah, the original is on twin tone, but the but I'm talking the original hand stamped one. That's that's hmm. a factory pressing to. To look like it's hand stamped. Hmm. Aha. Damn, I got excited too. I was thought I was gonna score you score you a record. Oh dude, you might have you might have gotten a big hug. <laughs> Should we repaint our willies? History lesson, part one. Alright, so last time we had a show on Painted Willie, I think it was live from Van Nuys, right? That's right, yep. And now Painted Willie has really progressed to my ears and it's a we're, we're like it's like um it's almost feels like a Mach 2 Willie. It is, yeah. So um I'm sure we've mentioned this before but Dave Mark Markey has a website called wegotpowerfilms.com and there is a section on there called the Painted Willie Experience. And it's mostly about everything leading up to the 1986 tour for the for in my head that they did with Black Flag. There's only a tiny little bit on this era of the band because they 
basically more or less came off tour, uh, recorded this album in 87, toured in support of it, but the band kind of was already falling apart is kind of the impression that I've gotten. It says on there, Painted Willie embarked on its own U.S. tour in 1987 in support of the second LP, Upside Downtown, to a less than positive response and broke apart soon thereafter. The following year, Phil joined the band I Love You as they were involved in a major label bidding war. Uh, the other members from this band were from Florida and had moved to Hollywood, and they met Dave uh, as he... He was including them on the compilation he was putting together called The Melting Plot, which came out in 1988 and is SST-249. So we're way, way, way off from that. I thought that was interesting, though, that he met that band, I Love You, way back, you know, in the era we're talking about right now, to include them on this compilation that came out a year later but is on, it's going to be uh, catalog number 250. It just shows you how, how many records they put out. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, uh, but I'm looking forward to, get to getting to that one. Way down the line, it's got Dos Daman, DC3, Painted Willy, Sonic Youth, Chemical People, Ryan, whole bunch of, whole bunch of bands too. Uh, they met Phil at this session because he engineered the track at Spinhead, and... Uh, he went on to join the band I Love You. And there's a little bit of a, a story about that band on Dave's website, so everyone should go check that out. Uh, Phil was on one EP uh, called Live with I Love You, and then he was out of the band. That EP came out in 1989 on Medusa Records, which was a division of Enigma. Mostly they did obscure metal stuff. I Love You is not a metal band. They're kind of almost like a pre-grunge band, kind of like... Uh, Blood Circus or something like that, almost. Yep, they're pretty cool. Do you know them? I do. They're but they're from Florida, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Did you see Jack and Dino has a new band? I saw something about that. It seems like a long time ago, and I lost track of it because I haven't seen the release come out. What do you know the latest on that? They're called like the Purple Strangers or something like that. Um. What's uh, the bass player from Tad's name? Is he in the band? Yeah, he's in the band. That'd be worth checking out. And Van Connor's in the band, too. Oh, that's like a mega super group, man. Kurt, yeah, it Kurt is. Danielson. Kurt Danielson, sorry. And uh, the singer from Love Batteries, I think it's the singer, is the singer in this band, too. Wow, I gotta relook into that. Don't quote me on any of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I won't. I do like me some skin yard, though. Always have. Yeah, me too. Uh, okay, uh, Phil Newman unfortunately passed away after an accident on a sailboat on February 22nd, 2015, unfortunately. So I've been talking to uh, Dave a fair amount about this release back and forth. If you listen back to the interview we did with him, I do ask him briefly about this, and he says... It sounds like a band that's breaking up. You know, it sounds like there was a lot of tension in the band around this time. He he said to me, it's a little too metal for his liking, this album. Uh, he told me, uh, I don't like the mix on this record at all, especially that horrible 80s gated drum sound. Mm -hmm. 
But then after he and I talked for a little bit, he said, I'm having a listen to Upside Downtown for the first time in many years. It's much better than I remembered. Maybe it's just that I unfairly associate the end of the band with this record, which is not unfair at all. I think, uh, you know, a lot of bands do that. Yeah, that's totally fair. And, uh, you know, what he had said to me is he really prefers the early stuff pre-SST. Ah. Yeah, which we'll still be getting to as well. Uh, But he said to me, I'm still not a fan of the big gated snare. Uh, Other than that, the production is on point. This record was really Phil's baby. His production skill shouldn't go unnoticed. He was getting so great in the studio at this point. His bass sound on this is just massive. I miss the guy very much. It was very harsh losing him, especially so suddenly in an accident. What I'm getting from this listen is a very heavy Phil presence. This recording captured all of his talents. And I, I did ask him about Phil, you know, because it says on the on Dave's website that Phil left the music business after uh, leaving the band I Love You. And I asked him, what, what, you know, what happened with Spinhead? And he said, uh, Phil dissolved Spinhead a couple years later. It was gone by 1990. And I, I agree, like, I really like the recording and the production on this. And I'm surprised that, that Phil got out of the business. Hmm. You know, I can see somebody not wanting to play in bands anymore and live that life, but. Yeah, well, it's not an easy life to be like a, like, this wasn't even, this was nowhere near the the mainstream at that time. This wasn't even the start of cool indie rock, college rock at the time. And so it would have been, even if you have skills, really hard to make a go of it in this genre, right? I don't know. Jack and Dino, man. Yeah, but in 87? Yeah. Maybe. I like the sound on this record um, in particular with respect to the bass. Yeah. I love the bass sound on it. It just is the the type that always grabs me, yeah. the sound. For it sure. just sounds sounds like the most carnal P bass sound, and I love it. It's good, you know, the trio format definitely Um, helps with that too yeah for sure Uh, Dave told me it should be made clear uh, Ginn did not produce the album he was supposed to produce he was supposed to produce but he didn't show they did do a demo of the entire album just like they did with Mind Bowling though which would be cool to hear yeah that's not the one that's up on the web though that's the Mind Bowling one that has the demo up that's right yep yeah, I, I'm never going to be like a massive Painted Willie fan. Like, let's be clear. But I really do appreciate, you know, as I said, diving deeply into this record and have like a whole new level of appreciation for them that the the first couple of releases that we got into, I mean, they were interesting, but they didn't grab me nearly as much as this record did. No, I would say their sound matured. And I would say the you know that year for all intents and purposes that they spent on the road probably you know really paid off when they went into the studio to record this yeah if you spend a year on the road and you don't kill each other you in theory would become like just an ultra band unit you know yeah 
Let's talk about the tracks, Ryan, because I got some great stuff from Dave that might shed a bit more light on actually the tourage. Right on. History lesson, part two. Okay, side one starts with Mother Nature's Breakdown, written by Phil Newman. I guessed to Dave Markey, who sings lead vocals on all of these tracks, and I got them all wrong except for one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This one's, and of course it made complete sense, you know, it's like, duh, I should have just looked at who wrote what in it, because it's dead giveaway. Phil sings lead vocals on this one. Dave says, this one was written right before the demo for the album was recorded. To me, this one is like a great song to open the album with. It has that painted willy sound. It's got a super gnarly double-tracked solo section. And we've been talking about Phil, but dude, Vic Makuskas is just fret-melting on this album. I love his guitar playing, man. He was a great guitar player. Yeah. You never hear anyone talk about him that way, Mm -hmm. though. No, his solos on this album are really inventive. Uh, The riffs are good. He's a good guitar player. You know what he could have done, too, is he could have have had a lot of gin-isms in his playing. Yeah. And he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Like, he could have been one of those people around, like, 86 with Black Flag that were very obviously influenced by Greg Ginn and uh, he's got his own sound yep he's just more of a rock guitar player yeah for sure and it's perfect for Painted Willie uh the second track is the title track Upside Downtown Uh, funky yeah for sure that's what I wrote kind of a funky big boys style rocker is what I wrote totally I had big boys written down as well yep this one's written by the whole band Dave is on lead vocals here he told me this was written before the 86 tour and was a set staple on the tour. Track three, Saturized, written by Vic Makuskas. Uh, it's got Vic on vocals. Uh, to me, this is one of the stronger tracks on the album. I love all three of the first three tracks on it, though. Uh, it's got a really catchy chorus, a, a wicked solo section. I love the licks that Vic's playing. Yeah, it's a standout. And for me, uh, when I was listening to it, I think it was on the second listen. This is the one where I, I all of a sudden, like the bass kind of just tweaked my ear and I'm like, whoa, what's going on there? That sounds really cool. The bass is way up front. And I, I have to guess, disagree with Dave about the drum sound. We've heard some SST records with, let's be honest, a pretty shitty drum sound. Worse than this. Way uh, worse than this. Yeah, by a long shot. But I I get it if you're the drummer, right? Have you ever heard a drummer ever be happy with their drum sound on a record? It's like it never happens. (laughs) They're always like, I just, I never got my snare right. Ever. (laughs) Ever. Yeah. And it's always the snare. (laughs) Like no no other other, uh, drums or cymbals or anything matter. It's like, I could just never get the snare sound right, man. I'd be willing to bet that any drummer that's ever recorded with Steve Albini was probably happy with their drum sound. Yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> and probably anybody that's recorded with Kurt Ballio as well. Yeah. Yep. It just always seems like 
I don't know. I guess there's been a fair amount of guitarists who always complain about their their guitar sound on recording too. I'm sure there's a joke about drummers. Oh really? I've never heard one. <laughs> Track four, Totem Pole, written by Dave Markey. He told me this was written after the 86 tour. It's Dave on vocals, obviously. Well, not obviously, because I got it wrong, but... <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> not obviously for you. <laughs> hey, but you know what? I, I I wouldn't have gotten any closer. Yeah. This is an interesting song for me. It's almost... It's one of those songs that sounds like two songs combined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Made into one song. Uh, and the main chorus for this almost sounds like the James Gang or something like that. It's got a real, hmm. like, classic rock sound to it. Track five, all over it, written by the whole band. It's got Dave on vocals. Uh, Dave says, written on the first leg of the 86 tour and worked into the set at that time. It's kind of got a vibe for me, a little bit like uh, Iggy's Repo Man or something like that. I love the bass playing and the musical interplay on this one. Yeah, my what I wrote down is... This song sounds slinky. Got kind of that weird meandering riffage going on. Yeah. Son of the Night, written by Vic. Makuskas is kind of actually very similar to All Over It. Not sure I would have put those two songs back to back. Uh, Vic is on vocals. Dave told me written and performed on the 86 tour. It's almost like something I can hear the Dead Kennedys doing. It starts out kind of dirgy. Yeah. And then it picks up into some sick palm muting. Yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> I never thought I'd hear you talk about sick palm muting. Oh, how I have changed. <laughs> Next thing I know, you're going to be talking about how sick the pinched harmonics are. Sorry, buddy. That won't ever happen. That's not going to happen? Nope. No way. Uh, flip it over and we're on side two. I should mention, by the way, this never came out on CD. It's cassette and LP only. You also, I don't want to prompt a Brant rant, but try and find a way to listen to it online. Really? Yeah, you can't. That's, not that I can find. That's lame, man. Yeah, I know. It's not even on YouTube? I couldn't find it. Wow. I mean, I didn't try for hours, but maybe it's up there. That's unfortunate. Is it on Spotify? I don't think so. I doubt it. Highly, highly doubt it. Well, maybe uh, this will prompt Dave to put up the, get the demo, demo put up. Love to yeah. hear that. Uh, side two starts with My Seed, written by Phil Newman. Uh, it's got Phil on vocals. I love the bass tone, and the guitar playing is just ripping on this song. Just killer leads from Vic. Th this one does like the uh, painted willy thing that's a painted willy move uh, the second track The Subject written by Makuskas and Gin it's got Vic on vocals here's from Dave This here's an interesting uh, tidbit Ryan this was written in 85 when Gin was considering painted willy as his backup band in Gone yeah right Yeah. Uh, there, there were rehearsals with this four piece lineup so just think about that for a minute. Two guitar players in Gone. And that's when Gin presented this song as an instrumental, which totally makes sense when you listen to it because it's got the Greg Ginn chords in it, those Ginn chords. 
diminished seventh. Yeah. The song itself is just all right for me, but again, the leads are just scorching on this one. I thought you said they were fret melting. <laughs> They're both, man. Yeah. Okay, and then we end side three, or we end side two with just the third track on side two. There's only three. Personality and Style, which is 13 minutes long, written by the whole band, which is obvious when you listen to it that this would have been something they, they probably wrote, you know, jamming together or whatever. It's got Dave on lead vocals, everyone else on backup. I, I did ask Dave, do I hear some power tools in this song? And he said, yes, I think that's a plasmatics influence. Phil was really into them. <laughs> uh, written before the 86 tour and a staple of the live set on the tour. Interesting that it didn't end up on Mind Bowling because uh, they did a demo of this track in 1985 and that song is on, that demo is on the Relics compilation which we're going to be getting to in about 79 episodes, 70, 80 episodes. Uh, that version of the song is only six minutes long. This one is 13 minutes long, so over double the length. It's kind of a long jam, devolves into a noisy dirge. Kind of, for me, hard not to think of it as a little bit of filler, uh, but I'm the the 85 version is still pretty jammy and i'm sure they did it like this live you know really jammed jammed on this one ryan the cover art was done by K ted connect who did mind bowling yes and he what else did he do he did the gone one that's right the, yeah. fir the first gone one let's get real real gone for a change ted connect was in saint vitus dance band svdb with vic makuskas which is how they knew him. Dave told me the artwork was finished before the album was done. Uh, here's what I got from Ted Connect. It was a trippy bit of work. It's a multimedia piece, gauche, acrylic, and various bits of photos, various bits of photos, Xerox, drawings, and airbrush painting. Chaos was the vibe. There's a ton going on in here. Yeah. It's a self-portrait lying in the street near an eight ball so i guess that is ted connect on the street i uh, get this ryan i don't know if you picked this up but he says rat sound was on the scene so i made a big semi truck to build them up i saw the rat i didn't get the connection there that's interesting yep and ted says red phones off the hook but you're not oh an x reference yeah hey there's a new x song out by the way what? Yeah, it's on Spotify. <laughs> Did you just say that to get my gears going? No, it's fact. They're recording an album right now. They released a song. I, I get, I'll get the record. You can probably. It's probably on iTunes. And you'll you'll just, you know, hear this first song, and then six months later you'll get the record. Okay. That's right. Ted Connect says basically everything's falling from the sky. Even back then, everything seemed to be falling apart. So uh, thanks to Ted for sending that in. And also thanks to Dave for uh, answering all of my questions. I asked him a lot of questions this week and he patiently answered the, all of them. And he listened to the record probably for the first time in many, many years, which was, I was happy to. Yeah, I feel good about that, man. Me too. Yeah. And I'm glad he liked it when he listened to it. Yeah, me too. Because it's really good. 
What uh, what's your favorite thing in the album cover art? Well, there's two. There's so much going on. Let's see. There's uh, money flying out of the back of the rat truck, the rat mobile. I uh, there's like skyscrapers, bud cans. I probably my favorite is the burning toaster. Oh yeah, that's a cool image. Yep. There's a. I just like I like the name Wicked Nanny. Yeah, some of the names are good. There's like uh, what are the other names Vivis- on there? Vivisector. Yeah, yeah. And the guy's got a little piece of his brain taken out or whatever. I'm sure there's a band out there called Vivisector as a result. Maybe. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's a Colt 45 on the cover, a wine bottle, a lawnmower, a Marlboro, a a crutch, I think. Or no, it's like a hypodermic needle. I think it's a, yeah, it's a hypo. Kind of buy some, uh, there's a bunch of change, like dimes and pennies and stuff. Yeah. Pizza with a slice missing, a crushed Coke can. Yeah, that's cool. Very neat perspective in this uh, image too. Like often you'll see that perspective looking up kind of just going in one direction, but this is, it's... uh, It's like a fisheye. It's circular, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I like the the wording around the outside of it. If you look at it closely, you can see that that's pasted on there. Oh, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. What about the back cover? Back's cool. Like uh, some sort of beetle on some asphalt. Yep. Like a tiger beetle, maybe. I don't know. Striped beetle. Yep. And then some dude playing a, an acoustic in the desert with a like a snake crossing the road underneath that photo looking thing. Yeah. It's a bit random. I was trying to, when listening to the record, like, see some sort of lyrical reference that I could connect with the imagery. But now that I know the artwork was, was done before, I'm not sure that there was a deliberate attempt to do that. I don't think so. No. The writing around the outside of the back cover kind of reminds me a little bit of, uh, raging full on. It's way easier to read though. It is. Yep. (laughs) Can I hit you with some dead wax? Please. All right. It's really hard to read on this one. I don't know what happened differently uh, at this stage of the pressing. Who mastered it? Uh, it's K-Disc. JG? Uh, it's really hard to see here. It almost looks like like E-H. Huh. It does, it's not JG this time. But so side A says Mode O'Day. Okay. And then side B says... Let me find it here. I have to get the right reflection for this one. It says Doggo and Porpy. Huh. I have no idea what that is. Let me see if there's anything else here, any indicators here. K-Disc. Might even be CK. Maybe it's not EH. Maybe it's CK. Okay. Hard to tell. But it's it's unlike previous ones where there's the dad wax that take up like, you know, I guess a quarter inch. This is like the width of an eighth of an inch. Hmm. Very tiny writing. And I I put that in uh, Imperial instead of metric, by the way, on purpose. (laughs) This episode is getting way too scientific for me. Mathematic too. (laughs) 
Oh, man. Is it time for the ballot result? I believe so. Ballot result. All right, man. I feel like you've got a vested interest in a particularly shredding track. I, I like the whole album, really. Um, but the the first three songs are the strongest for me. And uh, I the one that really jumped out to me is Saturized. It's just yeah. super catchy. Yeah, same here, for sure. That's what I would have said had I been allowed to pick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, it almost feels like I picked the last three. Almost. Almost. Hey, uh, I'm going to dig up some stuff on that Kurt Danielson band. Yeah, yeah. please do. I'm I'm going to be all over that if it actually exists. Oh, it exists. Okay, yep. cool. It, they played a sh they played a show. I like all that stuff. Yeah. So that'll be very very cool. Yeah. No, it's a thing they played. Right on. I saw it on Facebook. So, Ryan, what's next week? Oh man, next week, Brant, prepare to get your brains ripped out. Oh boy. It's SST ninety nine, the Zoogs Rift album, Water. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, let's get our Zoogs on. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, all at Mojack Pod. We post all kinds of info and tons of pictures of the bands and albums we discuss on the show. Our blog is mojackpod.com. Please check it out for some exclusive content. If you like what we do and want to support the podcast, the best way to do that is to tell your friends about the show. Subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes is also appreciated. We love hearing your opinions, corrections, and feedback, so feel free to post on our social media sites and send us an email to mojackpod at gmail.com. Thanks again for all the support, and we hope to see you next week.